Welcome to the Business Advisor Podcast, brought to you by the Business Advisor Academy. This podcast is dedicated to helping business professionals create, sell, and deliver high-impact and high-value business advisory services. Now, let me introduce you to your host today, Amanda C. Watts. Welcome to today's episode where we're going to be doing a deep dive into what will get you to be in the top 1% of advisors on the planet. The vast majority of compliance-based firms will never make the shift to offer a robust and transformational advisory offering. But here is the thing, you don't have to be the vast majority. You can be the firm that creates an advisory offering and adds 500k a year in revenue and sells your services for 2k a month minimum. I call these people the 1% and they are the 1% of firm owners who take action on what they really, really want. I know because I've worked with quite a few of the 1%. So what is it that 1% know that you don't? To be honest, I'm not sure if they even know more than you, having worked with a few hundred firms now and helped them transition to offering an advisory as a robust offering, I can tell you it's not what they knew, it's not what they know, it's something completely different. Over the years, I've recognised patterns of behaviour that separate those who win and those who lose, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So let's get stuck straight into this and waste no time. First of all, I want to make this clear. This episode is not about goal settings and it is not about making sure you set goals and stick to them. It's not about cutting out bad habits from your life and it's not about delaying gratification. Albeit, all of these things are incredibly important to your success. But this episode today is about doing what others won't so you can have what others can't. It's about being the 1% of accountants that become highly successful business advisors with a great reputation, attracting the best clients possible who pay you without question. It's about generating high revenue, working fewer hours and taking home a greater income and changing your life. And in order to achieve that goal, we need to do what other accountants aren't doing right now. You need to make sure you are relevant. You need to differentiate yourselves from the mass market, from what everybody else is doing. And you can do that through your service, through your unique offer and through the messaging of your brand. And ultimately, you want to challenge what everybody else is doing in this space. And this is a statement that is easier said than done when you first focus on being an advisory-led practice. I completely recognize that our very nature when we are starting something new is to go out there and find someone we can replicate, to find a proven path that we can follow. And in many cases, that is the absolute correct thing to do. In the early stages of launching your advisory offer, find a path that has already been proven. Find a blueprint and stick to it until you get initial results, until you get initial proof of concept. But then what I want you to do very quickly is I want you to challenge the lessons which you've been taught. You need to challenge the way that you are actually doing things. So when I first started my consultancy, I literally went out to every company in my local area. I was literally spraying information everywhere. I had a spray gun effect all over the local area, signing up every single client that I could, regardless of their industry. I had a kitchen and bathroom showroom that I worked with. I worked with restaurants and actually my first client was a restaurant. I had a jeweler, I had a dentist, I had a hairdresser. I worked with local businesses, especially if they were a member of the local BNI or a chamber of commerce. 
This list of clients I worked with was vast and not all of them I got great results for. But in having this scattergun strategy, what I did was find very quickly which businesses I enjoyed working with, which businesses I knew how to get great results with, and which ones I was able to build better relationships with. And I learned and leaned into my unique circumstances and the best path for me to move forward within my business. And I did that based on my own personality and my own self-motivation. Now, what I identified after years of trial and error was that there was a gap in the market for people who wanted to escape their corporate job. So I actually pivoted and I started working with people who wanted to make the leap and launch a business within six months and start to make money and replace their salary. Over time, I signed more and more of these kinds of clients and I realized the opportunity I had. I then positioned myself in the early stages as an industry leader in the corporate escape space. It was great fun until it wasn't. I used to run a live event in London every month called the Corporate Escape Club, and we would have up to 200 people a month come to these events. It was my biggest lead generator and a great fun community. I ran these events for over two years and I made a huge impact in and around the city of London. Then one day, my father, who ran his own tax consulting firm, challenged me to come and work with accountants. And to be honest, I thought he had lost his marbles. I wasn't sure how my ideas and my personality would gel with accountants and bookkeepers, but I was falling out of love with the Corporate Escape Club, so I took the challenge from him. After getting a couple of clients, I saw exactly how much the profession needed my expertise, so I chose to go all in. I myself escaped the corporate world I'd entrenched myself in and jumped over to the accounting profession. I've been here eight years this year and had to really think outside the box that you guys have put yourself in. I was fortunate that I hadn't spent any time in your box, so my ideas were not restricted. I hadn't been trained as an accountant or worked in an accounting firm that had had the compliance conveyor belt running. I came up with the idea to get you guys creating freedom practices and doing things very differently from how you had been told to run a firm for way too long. But so many accountants and many of you guys listening to this right now don't break those chains even when you find initial success. So yes, stick to a blueprint that's been proven and follow that religiously. Stick to it day in, day out and do the micro tasks that are going to get you that macro result. But remember, if you want to get ahead of the rest, if you want to get the top 1% of results, if you want to make 500k of advisory services in less than 10 hours a week client delivery, you need to do what others aren't doing right now so you can have what they can't have. If you are sat offering compliance or working as a generalist firm and offering a generic service or a compliance-based commoditized service, it's going to be very hard for you to differentiate yourself and make the top percentile of revenue in your profession. Now, can you differentiate in a competitive market? Absolutely. You can be working with construction firms, for example, and then offering a unique service. Your unique service is the differentiator and is a mixture of your education, your experience, and the essence of you. So what's next? What do you want to be thinking about? How can you differentiate? How can you go a step further to help your clients? Can you get involved in other areas of their business and see yourself as a growth partner? What can you do to differentiate yourself from everybody else who's working in the same industry as you? And this is the question that you want to be asking yourself. What are you doing right now to stand out from your competition? Are you unique or do you blend in? Start asking yourself these questions more often. 
Every single week, you should allocate time, ideally every day really, critical thinking time and write down two to five questions based on your current circumstances, based on the hurdles that you are trying to overcome right now. And you'll be shocked at how quickly you can come up with unique solutions to the issues that you are facing. You will be shocked at how quickly you can start thinking critically on getting yourself outside of the box in which everybody else is constricted to. And again, just like I mentioned a moment ago, don't just restrict yourself to differentiating by niche. You can differentiate through your service. It can be your offer. It can be your messaging. It can be your culture. The freedom practice business model is so versatile. So think outside of the box and start challenging what everyone else is doing. And when you do that, and when you come up with unique ideas, and you write them down, and you want to apply them, do not go and seek approval from anyone that isn't already in the position that you want to be in. This is such a fundamental mistake that I have made countless times in my business career. You have an incredible idea, and you're pumped up, and you know, in your heart and in your gut that this is a great idea. And you go and ask your partner, and you go and ask your friend who's running their own compliance-based firm, and you say, hey, what do you think of me doing this? And they start challenging you because they're intimidated by your ideas. They're not giving you the feedback that you want, and they are simply not qualified to give you the advice that you need in that critical moment when you need it most. It's like going out there and asking a random on advice on how to climb a mountain. Okay, you would go ask a mountaineer on advice on how to climb a mountain. You wouldn't trust your life in the hands of someone that's never climbed a mountain before. So why would you trust your future in your business and your mindset in the hands of someone that has not achieved that very same thing that you're trying to achieve in business? So only ask for validation or seek approval or validation from your mentors and people that have already achieved what you're trying to achieve already successful advisory practice owners. This is very important because most people unknowingly will shoot down your idea from their own intimidation, from their own insecurity, with no malicious intent whatsoever. But the damage is already done to you and you start doubting what you previously felt was an incredible idea. So make sure you do not seek approval from people who are not qualified and are not in the position that you want to be in. And you have to be prepared to fail a lot when you're pioneering, when you're doing something new for the first time, when you're challenging the norm. You're going to fail an awful lot. I've failed countless of times over the years in so many different ventures within my consulting firm, in niche tweaks, in hiring, in firing, in bad systems and offer tweaks. Go and check out the episode before this one where I talk about how I lost one million pounds. Now that was a failure. You name it, I failed. I fail time and time again, and I welcome it. Every single failure that comes to me is a blessing in disguise. That is why I maintain a top-tier position in this industry, because failures are not failures to me. Every single one of them is a lesson, and I'm harder and I'm stronger after every single failure that I encounter. And this is the same for every single successful person. So few had a straight path to success. You know, Thomas Edison attempted to build the light bulb or invent the light bulb over a thousand times before he found the right formula for creating that light bulb. J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter, she went to 12 different publishing houses over the years in order to finally get accepted and someone to say to her, yes, I'm going to publish your book. And James Dyson, who invented, obviously, the Dyson Hoover, there were 5,000 renditions of that Hoover before he got it right and people started buying it. 
and then he became a billionaire. If any of those guys had given up on those initial hurdles, if any of those people took those failures as straight dead failures, then there would never have been the success and they never would have built the legacy they have. So next time you get rejected on a sales call and you think to yourself, ooh, I'm not cut out for this, or next time you post a few times on LinkedIn and don't get any traction, or say to yourself, oh, Facebook ads don't work, think of these people, get back on the horse, suck it up, fail some more, failure drives the top 1%. There really is only one way to know if you are failing or not, and that is by what the data tells you. You have key performance indicators, like how much revenue you're bringing in and what the profit is. And this is what most of you will think you are looking at, and this is what the numbers are that you have to track most. But there is more to running an advisory practice than just your top line financial numbers. You have to run everything by the marketing and sales numbers in an advisory practice too. You have to. You cannot run this practice by your gut or through hope. You can't run any business by gut feel alone, especially when you're testing and challenging the norms within an industry and doing things for the first time. Okay, you have to track absolutely everything. If you're acquiring clients by running webinars, then you need to write down every single day how many people you are inviting to your webinar, how many actual signups you had, and how many people then booked a call with you so you can establish your meeting set rate. This is something I'm very clear on. I know the conversion rates of asking people to sign up to webinars, the conversion percentage for them actually signing up and then booking a call, and the percentage of people who book a call to showing up for the call and then becoming a client. This data is essential for me. I then can work backwards and I fix all the leaks along the way. And once all the leaks are fixed, I then have to just focus on building my audience. But here is the thing. Most people ignore the marketing and sales data. They do something once, possibly twice, and then say, well, that didn't work and get fed up and give up. This is why only 1% of people actually have success. They do, they learn, they iterate, they do again, they learn, they iterate again, they do again, they learn and iterate another hundred times and then they win. Those that fail have a different way of working. Mostly they do, they fail and give up. So what does the data say about your actions to date? Because numbers do not lie. Your gut and your brain do lie to you. Your emotions will lie to you. You have to track absolutely everything. Your cold call data, your email data, your direct messaging data, and your ad results data. Just like you would look at the financial data behind a business, the profit and loss, the balance sheet, and the management accounts. You have to run your marketing in this way too. You need to track every single piece of data that you absolutely can. If there's a number attached to it, track it, and then get used to analyzing that data weekly and at the very least monthly. Okay, and cross analyzing between the things that you're doing. Create spreadsheets for the different areas of your practice. We have tons of them inside our program. In the Business Advisor Academy, you have to get used to running your practice by the numbers. It's the only thing that matters. I expect you may think that I'm preaching to the choir here, but the numbers you are used to tracking are different from my numbers. If you want to have what others don't have, you have to do what others won't do. So I will leave you with one final question today. Are you doing what 99% of other people are not prepared to do? If the answer is no, it's time for you to get to work. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And I would like to bid you a very good day or night, wherever you are. 
Thank you for listening to the Business Advisor Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow or subscribe, share this podcast and leave a rating and review. To discover more about how you can confidently build an advisory offer into your practice that your clients and prospects won't say no to, we invite you to join Amanda on her next webinar, How to Launch and Scale Your Advisory Offering. Join her by visiting businessadvisoracademy.com forward slash webinar. See you soon.